It's the Night Talker with Trey Elling. Coming up on episode number 68 of the Night Talker. It is a casual Friday on the show tonight, so I am welcoming my friends back in the home studio to chop it up for the hour. That would be Tom McKay and Camilla McKay. I am Trey Elling. Give me a follow on Twitter at Courtesy Wave and do the same for ESPN Austin at 1027 ESPN. Without further ado, I welcome Tom and Camilla back on the show. What's up, y'all? How we doing on this Thursday night, even though it's broadcasting on a Friday? Um, It's a fantastic Thursday out here. Hopefully, future Camilla's having just as much fun right now on Friday. Friday's as good as Thursday, because Thursday kicked booty. Why was Thursday so good? It was awesome. And just nothing bad happened all day. How many days did nothing bad happen? I had a creepy amount of green lights today, like all day. Like, I don't think I waited at a light once. I was literally a princess on the road today. It's where you are thinking for a second about uh, going and buying a lottery ticket. You're like, this luck is too good. It's got to translate no, somewhere else. Definitely yeah, not. Let's throw away money. That'll be a good thing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That lottery is gambling for people who are bad at math, isn't it? <laughs> facts, facts. Facts. So why was today so good for you, Tom, other than the fact that nothing bad happened? What was especially good about it? Especially good about today. I'm hanging out with the kid. Okay. I, I mean, that's pretty dang good on itself. What'd y'all do? Uh, when it had some, we went and had some dinner at, uh, can we say a place? Sure. Texican Cafe over by Lake Line Mall. I've driven past that place a thousand times and it's never eaten there. So great oh, Tex-Mex. Yeah. So, so good. Seriously. Everything like, you want in Tex-Mex. It's like El Paso Tex-Mex, right? Uh, Tex-Mex is Tex-Mex. Okay. El Paso's in Texas. it's a fair fair response but i guess i don't know if that means there's like a larger hatch green chili no it wasn't even spicy it was was just good tex-mex yeah it's just good tex-mex i had a chimichanga shout out to chimichanga the chimichanga at texican cafe what did you have camilla i had nachos okay i had bean and cheese just a classic Bean and cheese. Uh, we went to Barnes and Noble. We went to yeah. Barnes and Noble. Well, of today. course, Texican Cafe is right there. You have to go to Barnes and Noble. It's literally yeah. like a two minute walk away. It was nice. You left your uh, your my book joke on guys. Yeah, book. I did. It's here somewhere. Okay. Oh, there it is, right it. there. I've been thinking about it. Have you? Yeah, just because I was like, I have to remember to get it next time. Just how you love to uh, yeah. read jokes that don't make you laugh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like to find the actual meaning behind them. <laughs> so what did y'all get at Barnes & Noble tonight? Killer books. Killer books. Killer got, books, books about killers? We got yes. movies with like a murder mystery featuring strong female leads. Oh. Tom picked both of them out. I picked them both well. out. I picked out a puzzle. <laughs> One's about triplets who kill their boyfriends, and one of them ends up falling in love with their boyfriend. So then the other two have to figure out how to kill him without her getting upset. What's that movie? It's not a movie. They're books. Oh, I'm sorry. What's books. the book? That one is How How Do I Kill You Next? Is that right? Okay. Yeah. The other one is, I don't know what the other one is. can't remember the Killing titles. Killing You? Killing You. That's yes, the other Killing one. You is the other one. And that's just about a girl who uh, gets Kidnapped by a serial killer, but some lady who hunts serial killers kills the serial killer, and she escapes. Then the lady vanishes, so she's getting chased by the cops because she had a past that they find out about while they're trying to find out who killed the serial killer. And so she has to take off for Las Vegas and live in the seedy hotel with some new war hotel owner. It sounds like a movie. It sounds like a pretty good movie, but you got to read the book first, apparently, before they make the movie. So hopefully they don't make the movie first. 
earlier we were talking I don't read about, as fast as this one does. Yeah, I read fast also. Yeah. Do you have to like read out loud sometimes like under your breath in order to like stay focused? Sometimes or sometimes if I realize that I'm going too fast, yeah. I'm like, I need to go back. There's something big that just happened here that I wasn't completely locked in yes. on. So I'll go yeah. back over a couple paragraphs. And I'm like, wait, let me take that in again. Well, and then we got a puzzle yeah. of the magazine, the cover of New puzzle. Yorker magazine. Again, that's another one. Is it a cartoon? It's a dog laying backwards on a staircase. So I yeah. guess it's pretty cartoon. Yeah. Don't they usually draw those covers? Yeah. It yeah. was drawn. Yeah. yeah. He's like chilling. It's a on painting. The yeah. With a bunch of trash. But it's like cute trash because it's. We got to try to get this one done in like two days, though. We can't do this whole week long thing like we did last time. See, puzzles are one of those things that really triggers my autism. I think that I've got like very, 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 very mild autism. Mm -hmm. Puzzles turn yeah. me into the autistic kid at whatever house a puzzle is out and hasn't been mostly done just yet. Yeah. I've just got to, once I started, I can't stop till I'm finished with something. So I avoid doing them. Like the one we just finished this last weekend was I got for Christmas and I never even opened it because I knew if I did, I'd have to finish it. And, and so she opened it this last week and had it out on the puzzle table and, I was, and now I got to stay and finish. So just stood there at the puzzle table and finished the puzzle. I feel like day. puzzles, tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like puzzles are like an achievable Rubik's Cube. Like Rubik's Cubes, there's so many steps. I'm like, I'm not even going to try. Why would I do that? There are already people talented enough to do this and it's not me, so I'm not going to touch it. But puzzles... I know the strategy. I can do that. Give me a couple hours. It'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. I am with you on that one, and I've always loved puzzles. Everything from actual puzzles to Sudoku to yes, crosswords. Yes, I love Sudoku. Uh, various word plays. The good Rubik's one. Cube has never made sense to me. My kids just got Rubik's Cubes. One of them figured it out. Oh. In my entire life, I've never figured out how to solve the Rubik's Cube because <laughs> I don't have the patience to just stare at those six colors mm. In whatever messed up combinations that they're in all over the cube, Tom. No, it's ridiculous. I just use magic markers. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> just black, black them all in? No, you just get the six colors. You just draw the colors. Oh, I, cool. see. I see. You can fix a Rubik's Cube pretty quickly. I never understood why anybody wanted to do a Rubik's Cube. It's a puzzle. Okay. It's, everybody knows what it looks like when it's done. I want to see the puzzle when it's finished. See how it turns out, you know, with the with the picture and the painting and all that kind of stuff. Rubik's Cube is six colors. They're all the same, same thing. It's solid so light yellow. Big deal. Well, you yeah. have the, you have the I mean, picture. What is this? Ultra modernist paintings. You go to the, you know, the museums now and they got like a red paint with a white stripe on it. And they go, oh, this is so incredible. It, it represents, it doesn't represent anything. It represents a dude who wanted to sucker you into paying $500 for a freaking red canvas with a white stripe on it. That's what that represents. Nice. Don't you have a picture of the, puzzle on the box though don't look at it <laughs> well how are you gonna you're gonna actually figure that you out from scratch I, we used it whenever we couldn't find the one hand because there was a hand in the last one and we're like we're and it was funny is on the box though the reason why because we looked at the picture and then you start the puzzle yeah there was a a black label on the box you know on the actual printed on there mm -hmm. that was covering that portion so you didn't oh, know what was underneath it. That's yeah. why. So we didn't remember where it was. That's frustrating. But we got it. We figured it out. Fast times at the McKay household. <laughs> My wife has bought some great puzzles for the Elling household, but she bought one. I think it was for Christmas also. And I've never had to quit a puzzle before until this puzzle <laughs> because it was all, it was, there was barely any change in colors. It was very subtle. And it was also this shiny material that reflected the light just perfectly to where you couldn't tell what you were looking at. 
And I, so I tried to turn one light off and another light mm-hmm. on to, to try and get the proper angles. It never worked out for me, no, though. That's just what you call it today. Do you remember the, uh, this is a shout-out day, apparently, for me. So you remember the old Earl, Cam- Earl lives in town, Earl Campbell commercial for Skoll? No. I'm just going to put a dip in right now. So I just, it just came to my mind where he, he was out on the beach and he was sitting there and they were playing. There was girls playing catch with mm-hmm. the football. And and he sits there and he's telling everybody how you, hey, you know, all it takes is a pinch between my cheek and gum and I get real tobacco pleasure. And this the ball goes flying by and this girl jumps over him in her, in her bikini and he goes, I think I'll play some touch. I don't know. It just came to my head. That was one of the greatest commercials ever. Uh, so by girls, you mean of legal age then? Oh, no, like, yeah, young female. I mean, like, 30-year-old. He okay. was about 30 at the time. thought you were talking about 10- and 11-year-old kids. No, 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 no. Like, wow, totally. really creepy commercial. Earl, Campbell, Earl Campbell's awesome. Was very open to pedophilia. There was nothing <laughs> intended to be bad towards him. It was him and Walt Garrison both did those back in the day. Walt's was on the back mm. of a pickup truck. Earl's was on the beach. And I just thought it was just funny because it was just, dude, that's so awesome. Earl Campbell doing Skull commercials on TV. Like that would even be allowed since I still think most people have been alive here other than me. Geico just has it down though. Like Geico has the commercial game. Geico rules by the balls and progressive. If I will, <laughs> um, Flo. I just know it. Flo's got it. Flo's got it. Flo doesn't need any help. She's fine. She got me. She I said bought progressive. Life. Really? Did oh, you actually? Yeah. That's different from Geico, but okay, weird. She's. Uh, I've seen her in some more serious roles too. She's actually a really She's good an actor. actress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. She does those commercials. For Yes, she does. I only know her as Flo. I don't know her name. That's that's all you need to know. Flo from Progressive. Flo. She is Tom. She is Camilla. They are the McKays, and they're hanging out with me on this casual Friday here on The Night Talker. It's The Night Talker with Trey Elling. It's The Night Talker with Trey Elling. Back on a casual Friday here on the Night Talker, hanging out with Tom McKay of Audiovisual Consultations and his daughter, Camilla. I like both of these people a whole lot, uh, including having conversations with them. So now you get to enjoy that conversation as well. And earlier today, I learned this just before we started recording. Y'all were uh, kicking back and forth, kicking back and forth an idea about a possible podcast or maybe there's something more going on and it has to do with y'all finding a number of topics that you agree on, which is apparently a very difficult proposition, which is fascinating to me because y'all spend so much time together. So I love the we idea. Don't, we don't here. agree on anything, though. I no, know. That's what's yeah. so interesting to and me. We don't even civil, like the same sports team. Civil discourse all day long. We wanted, to, we wanted to begin each episode with a little segment of one thing that we agree on. And we're like, ah, we both feel the same way about this thing, which is, like he said, rare. Um, and then we were trying to create more today and we we're like maybe we can only have one episode because there's nothing else that we agree on right now. Well, I thought you said there were two things. So without getting too one. deeply into it. Okay, what's the one thing then? One thing is uh, couples should never sit on the same side of a booth in a restaurant. When it's just them two. Yeah. Like couples it's just them two and they're both sitting on the same side and they're freaking like rubbing elbows and like every time they talk to like what? How do you? And they have food in their mouth and they have to like turn. It's crazy. Yeah. No, especially from two left handies, like like two left handed people over here. Oh, I'm a lefty also. Boy, really? We could have, we so could we're have a really all left handed. I, I, I have a really I good eat meal. Right-handed. <laughs> what? 
I eat, oh. I, eat, oh my I do certain things right. I bowl Please right excuse I switch hit on certain things too. I'm not a switch hitter. Um, I, do sports, I do sports with my right hand. I, I do sports. It, overhand sports are left-handed mostly and what? underhand sports are mostly. I think that's right. Yeah, because like baseball, I'm left-handed. Horseshoes, you're right-handed. Horseshoes, I'm right-handed. Cornhole. Cornhole, I'm right-handed. Pickleball. Would never play that game if my life depended on it. Um, I'm, 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 a 60, I'm a 60 year old white guy who really doesn't need pickleball. You, Sorry, you, you haven't seen many pickleball courts then because they're filled with 60 year old white say, guys. That is the demographic. And I, I'm saying is I'm the one who doesn't need it. They do. <laughs> <laughs> There's other things in this world I would rather be doing than playing pickleball. Shout out to all you guys playing poker at Great Hills right now because you guys do it too. Loser. <gasps> Yes, I think pickleball's cool. The, okay. <laughs> we're doing shout outs tonight. I'm I'm gonna do it all night. I don't care. Yeah, you should. I'm the, <laughs> what is the? Uh, where I'm actually supposed to be playing poker right now, but you're skipping poker to come hang they, out. With they moved. They moved it to Thursday. It's Wednesday night poker, and they okay. moved it to Thursday night because of Fourth of July, which was on Tuesday. Tuesday. So yeah, thank you. You can even shout out. The guy, I'm not going to give anybody's names, but I'll shout out to the whole group. What's this excuse making going on with pushing things back by a day this week? No, we were talking about that. I was like, I'm so tired this week because we started on Wednesday, you know? And so my dad was like, well, yeah, and now it's going to go into next week. And then everyone's going to be late because next week was messed up. And I was like, yeah, that's so true. Like this next two weeks are going to be. Everything is an excuse to not work in the United States of America. Yeah. In Austin in the summertime, we call that a Friday. Yep. You know how much lighter traffic is? You know, because you're driving all around the city, how much lighter traffic is on Friday in this town in the summer than every other day of the week? Well, I've always been amazed that it's just that way even when school is done. I was It's like, what, does nobody work when school gets out? Well, it's all those college kids. They're so used to the Thursday night being the last day because they don't have class on Friday or something. Mm -hmm. So they're used to like doing that. And then they're like, oh, it's summer, so I don't have to get up on Friday to do my job either because it's like summer. I get a break. (laughs) So what are some of the other ideas that y'all are kicking around with this uh, podcast idea? Well, we've been thinking about it actually for a little while because people want to hear us talk. There are a lot of people who actually just enjoy the fact that two people can be, I think they really enjoy the fact two people can have completely different opinions on things yeah, and still be able to discuss them in a semi, at least civil matter. We've never punched each other over it. Is there a biggest or is there an issue that you've gotten into a biggest argument about gender uh Mm. yes we don't have to go into that let's just uh, but it is yes definitely that's the topic yeah just had a conversation with my wife about it that got a little bit heated it is fascinating what is happening with it's just a such a bizarre such a 2023 subject i couldn't agree more i i would prefer i quite frankly i'd prefer to just stay out of it 100 percent because it never ever will be solved in this, in this, you know, in this generation. It's not going to be solved. It's gotten too out of hand. So just let it go. It's whatever it is. Mm. It's kind of like anything else. You know, people say, well, you know, this about Twitter, this about Instagram. Scroll on, move on. It's fine. You don't have to pay attention to it if you don't like it. Okay, but I'm going to tie it into sports right now. I'm asking this seriously. Should trans females be allowed to compete in? No. Women's sports. No. I think if they've completely transitioned and they're biologically, can they completely biologically with like 
Can they destroy With all of their muscle structure and bone structure that they got as being no, a male? They can't. Then they can't compete. That's, that's the problem is once you oh. go through puberty. Yeah, then a I lot don't think so. It's unfair to every woman ever born. Yeah, I was gonna say structurally. That's it's it. Just... I, I'm, I'm that I'm strong on. I will. I yeah, I don't care if you agree or disagree. I that's my opinion. It's interesting because there are people that feel strongly about that otherwise, including important voices in various women's sports. And one of my responses to that, because I like to have level-headed conversations about these things, even something that's as politically charged as this is. And as we talked about off the air last week, Camilla, like if you want to be whatever it is that you want to be, good for you. But part of supporting somebody in their attempts to be the best version of themselves is also helping them understand when they're crossing a line and infringing on the rights of others. And I think that's part of what's happening here. And I want a solution to be found, whether it's a... Well, the Trans. U.S. Olympic Committee already found it. They're not going to allow it. Yeah, they said no. It's it's physically unfair, and it's only physical to sport. Right. So y- you can't do that. Yeah. It's yeah. just they don't allow steroids. They don't allow the. But yet you're going to allow somebody with a, a male-born physique compete against a female. They're different. I'm not trying to say one is inferior or, fear or superior to the other, but in certain situations, obviously the male physique is made to be different than the female physique and if it's longer stronger and the bone structure is different the muscle structure you can't just say oh yeah go ahead and compete with them now and it's not even to me like male or female like individuals it's more so that that's the categories because duh there are women that are built stronger wider thicker than men and there are men that are built smaller thinner weaker than women so it's not even that it's like these people put in the work to get to this level. They did that. They're in the category. Just let them do the sport without yeah. like, I feel like it's all just taking away from the amount of work that they've put to be where they are like everyone else. And it's like how many of us are like directly being impacted by that problem. You know, like I feel like if we looked at numbers, it wouldn't be a very significant you know what I mean? It's a very, very small percentage. That's that's, that's another wondering, yeah. fascinating element about it all is yeah. that like this is this is something that has this many people riled up on each side, and yeah. it's such a small percentage of our population. And I think people just like getting riled up at this point because it's yeah. a lot of performative activism now. True. Yeah. Very like, histrionic. Yeah, I definitely like went through a phase where I would like repost every single thing on my story that I saw that was like political that I agreed with. And I'd be like, oh, my God, repost, repost. And it got to the point during, like, the BLM movement where I would be, like, reposting, like, the petitions and, like, funds. And I wouldn't even be signing them. Like, I was just reposting them. And I was like, what am I actually doing right now? Like, I'm literally doing nothing. I'm just clicking two buttons. And Vir- I feel virtue like. Virtue signaling. Exactly. Called, virtue signaling. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, wow. But I really thought, like, to myself, I really thought that, like, I was like, I'm doing good. Like, yeah. I'm doing my part. And, like, looking back on it, I'm like, wow, like, the uh, lack of effort I put into actually, like, being part of the change. Yeah, my thing is this, is what it, what it should, what should happen and what won't happen, unfortunately, is some famous athlete, mm-hmm. what they should do to just put an end to all of it is if, like, the NCAA is going to allow a male to win the NCAA swimming championships yeah, for the female, like that, like did. From Westlake. Okay, well... Now what they ought to do is say, okay, let's let's have three of the greatest swimmers from the American U.S. Olympic male team say, okay, I want to go ahead and compete. I want to be transgender now. Mm-hmm. And I understand that they're not, and I understand I'm raising a red flag with that one, but then everybody go, well, no, that's not fair. Exactly. It's not 
fair. Hey, we all know how LeBron loves to rig the game. Maybe when he decides to retire from the NBA, he can uh, identify as female, start the process, and then go do- dominate the WNBA for a couple wow, years. Wow, they'd get like seven fans instead of five then. <laughs> no, but isn't, isn't what's what's the big tennis move going on right now? What's the, is the tournament happening Wimbledon. right now? Wimbledon. Is Wimbledon, I think it's happening right now because... Every morning at the gym this week, they've been playing replays of it. I've been watching, and I always make the noise for them in my brain. You know the little noise that like tennis players make. Ah, yes, ah, exactly. They're bird, ah. they're bird noises. They're bird noises. They're like, whoo, ah, whoo. Wait, like let's have a tennis match. Ready? Just noise. Ready? I'll serve. Whoo, ah, whoo, ah, whoo. Ah. <laughs> yes. And you won the point. Yeah, exactly. I won. Love. <laughs> love. Um, but yeah, I um, I don't know why that came to my brain. But like whenever I'm at the gym, I just imagine them making the noise. Oh, that's hilarious. And now when I'm at the gym tomorrow, <laughs> I'm going to see that. And I'm going to be making those noises in my head, laughing like a, a crazy person as that's other people me. are looking around like, why is this person lifting weights and laughing? Literally, so that's that. me every morning. They're like, what is this little girl doing in here? Like laughing at everyone. <laughs> I'm like, it's fine, guys. Don't By the way, the next trans female athlete that I root for in sports is the trans female who says, you know what? F this. I'm going to go dominate men's sports. We've had that once before. Yeah. Everybody's thinking Bruce Jenner, a.k.a. Caitlyn Jenner right now, but that's not the correct answer. The correct answer is Dennis Rodman, oh, America's no. first trans female athlete uh. who is one of the greatest rebounders in NBA history. Wasn't he? I'm, I'm what go. year was Wasn't he, he just a cross-dresser? He never said he was trans. Uh, you know, maybe taking a little bit of a liberty here. Okay. Roll with me. Okay, though. I would. I would love to Who see. Who explored Dr- sexual freedom more so than any other? Oh, Dennis Rodman explored player. every kind of freedom. Sexual That's no freedom. question. Yep. Gender identity. Men, women, goats. I mean, you name Explo- it. <laughs> Boats in Lake Louisville. He is Tom McKay. <laughs> she is Camilla McKay. They're hanging out on this casual Friday here on the Night Talker. It's the Night Talker with Trey Elling. It's the Night Talker with Trey Elling. Back on the Night Talker with Camilla McKay. She is a rock star, not literally, figuratively, though. And uh, the daughter of Tom McKay, who is my other guest. He is the owner and operator of Audiovisual Consultations. You hear me talk about AV consultations on this show from time to time, specifically during Trey and BK Fridays, which is normally what you're hearing right now. BK out one more week. So Tom and Camilla are filling in. By the way, go to avconsultations.com. Give them a call, 255-8678, to get all those home theater needs taken care of. Okay, y'all. So we just talked a little gender identity politics and sports. We talked a little Wimbledon. By the way, did you see that Wimbledon has put something called quiet rooms on the premises of this tournament? It happened last year, and they had a problem with people going into these quiet rooms, which were put in place so people could escape the stress and anxiety of sports crowds. Oh, wow. And then they also threw breastfeeding moms and 
There was one other situation too. Somebody who is uh, disabled, who could get a little bit of a rest in a quiet place. But they've essentially been turned into by the horny people going and watching <gasps> Wimbledon into sex chambers. Yeah. To the point that they've had to move the rooms from where they were last year to this year. There's more check-ins, I guess, this time around too. But whenever you try and put something like a quiet room in place, somewhere where people are <laughs> fired up from watching sports and probably uh, drinking, drinking yep. and uh, just, just getting hyped up in all sorts of other ways... Sex is probably going to happen. No, that's a stupid idea. I don't get I, why they did that. St- stupid. You're like, here, here's before. a private room for free. Absolutely no reason for don't that. Don't do that. No, <laughs> tell them to sit and watch the game, and then when Quiet it's over, room. you can leave. Like, can you keep it in your pants for a tennis match, please? Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't get it. By the way, congratulations to Wimbledon because they have uh, apparently gotten with the times a little bit more. You know how everybody in Wimbledon, all the players are only supposed to wear white. Yeah. Well, they have allowed women to start wearing other colors on bottom specifically for the sake of that time of the month. Like Ah, women have been complaining about this for a long time now. And Wimbledon, with their stuffy (laughs) rules, has been like, no, you have to continue to wear all white. It's the proper show of respect to the royals or whatever their BS excuse was. But they finally loosened up on that one a little bit. Queen died. The queen died. Maybe there's the uh, the connection. Wow. Yeah. The queen. That's what happened. And all her racist family insisted that <laughs> uh, everybody wear white at this special tennis tournament. Queen Leeds well, passed so away, true, yeah. and now the rest of the country said, ah, let's just blow them off. Queen bled out, and so now, never mind. I'm not going <laughs> to finish that one. All right. I've got an idea here. What? And I want each of you, one of you before the other, so Camilla, we'll start with you here. Oh gosh. Pick a number between 1 and 36. Oh, 31. Okay, 31. I said 42. Here we go. <laughs> okay. Ooh, all right. Excellent. I've got a list of questions here. And uh, we all have to do this now. Okay, I'm ready. So tell the other people something that you like about them. Okay. Um, Tom? Something that I enjoy about you. Can you smile for me real quick? Some, <laughs> something that I enjoy about you. Oh, oh my gosh. Whenever you, I've told you this before. Whenever you laugh, but you do like the wheeze with it and you're like, <laughs> like you like wheeze when you laugh <laughs> and it makes me giggle. Anyways, Trey. <laughs> Trey's like, yes. <laughs> um, I love that you love puzzles and I love that you do podcasts and read books. Um, we share a lot of hobbies, so it's really Boom. cool. Heck yeah. Tom, what do oh, you yeah. like about your daughter and me? Okay. What I like about Camilla. I'll do one thing I like about Camilla. Yeah. Her independence. The um, That's easy. Yeah. She she makes life very easy as a, as a parent, so I like that. The yeah. You, um, I don't like the fact what you do. I really do. I've always, actually, I admire yes. it. The interviews, I, they're awesome. It's just so cool. Thank you. I appreciate Not us. That. I'm talking about the, the real people that you interview. Oh, please. The celebrity and especially the comedians when you get them. Yeah. Dude, if I could if I could talk to those guys like that. She knows. Who's my favorite person in the entire world? Who's my most hero? A lot of pressure. No, she actually got this guy to send me a birthday email. Oh, and oh, oh. oh. <laughs> she can't even remember his name. Yikes. I DM'd him, though, for like a month. I DM'd him on Instagram. I was like... Please respond. My dad really likes you. Please respond. It's my dad's birthday. Doug Stanhope. Doug Stanhope. 
Oh, sweet. Yes. I saw him tape a stand-up special. And what's hilarious is I got, I, an, I, I got an email. I had an extra ticket. I got an email. I got an email. My One of my bucket lists, if shirt. I were going to have a bucket list, one of my bucket list items is to spend one week with Doug Stanhope 24-7 in Las Vegas. Wait, mm. I have the same dream, but and with do a different person. Whatever Doug Stanhope does. You're doing? That's my bucket list item. Yes. So you would? You I would, would go full, full on raunch for seven days. You would yes. take. You would take a head dive off the wagon. <laughs> Sobriety gone because Doug Stanhope is a notorious drinker. He is infamous for everything that is wrong with society. <laughs> he is about railing against it. Just he's so awesome. Yeah. Just everything I've I've liked him since he started in comedy. She he actually sent me an email that. It was she had he had his her email on it first. You know, it's her saying that it was you know my dad really likes you. Is there any way you could wish him a happy birthday and all this kind of stuff? And he sent me an email that said happy birthday. Is that good enough now? Damn it! And I thought, like he was so funny. awesome. What a dude! Just to even take and it was from him. I mean, it was his personal email, and I thought that is the coolest thing anybody could have done. Oh, at that I'm sure, point. his, his uh, I forgive it's his wife or just his girlfriend, Bingo. I'm sure she helped him mail it out too. From I mean, there, so cool. And he sent and he sent two shirts with it. That Unfortunately, is... they were like mediums. So I mean, any sorry, I don't know if you wear a medium tray, but dudes that wear mediums uh, need to work on their shoulders. Excuse me. Yes, I wear a medium. Ugh, not me. <laughs> go Tommy. Go Tommy boy. So I saw him tape his stand-up special that I'm guessing is coming out in the next couple of months at Rogan's new club literally two months ago. It was a middle-of-the-day show, which I've never been to stand-up at like 1 o'clock in the afternoon, but he's still Doug Stanhope, man. He's still got it. Like He's never going to lose the ability to just be uproariously funny. And I, I, and I don't know it for a fact, but from everything I've heard, he is that way in real life all the time. Oh, that's cool. I mean, it's just, I mean, I've heard other comedians talk about, I mean, they flat out in interviews said, you know, the only person that they wouldn't, if they find out that he was in a hotel room, they tell the hotel to change it. They don't want to be in a hotel room after him. Stuff like that. Other comedians have said that? Oh, yeah. Flat out. Oh, wow. And I just think that's like the ultimate compliment. Wait, is he a creep? It's Doug Stanhope. Yeah, but like, how? I mean, are we talking Louis C.K. levels of creepiness here? Or is it just the fact that he's just going to tear the house down? Just... The, just the entire debauchery party thing. Uh, of course, that this this does have to come with the caveat that Miss Cecilia is somehow no longer part of my life. So either either you know some terrible thing is so happening. So you hanging in the out world. with Stanhope in Vegas involves you. Uh, well, I mean, if I was married to Cecilia, I would automatically be divorced afterwards. <laughs> so I can't. I mean, I don't want to divorce my <laughs> wife. So something horrendous had had to happen somewhere along the line before I could ever do it. Anyhow, gotcha. so it's never going to get to happen. But it's just one of those things. All right. That's crazy. So something I like about each of you. My turn. Camilla, I like the fact that you are a very independent thinker. You Again. really consider all sides of something before formulating an opinion. That's yeah. very evident when you talk about stuff, yeah. which is a lost art in general, but especially something that your generation struggles with. Perfect. And I'm worried about <laughs> the future because there are yeah, there's a way lot too many stupid them. people your age. <laughs> So yeah, keep it up and continue to nudge others in the direction of actually looking at things versus right. just reacting in a guttural yes. sense off of headlines. Yes. Thank you. 
And Tom, I admire your willingness to say what you're thinking. And sometimes saying what you're thinking involves a complete lack of filter. You and I are very similar in that regard. And uh, even when you say something that I disagree with, it is amusing to me, if nothing else. So appreciate it. Thank you both for that. Now, Tom, you get to pick a number from one to 36. Filters are overrated. I've said that all along. Heck yeah, um, they are. I mean, coffee grinds without filter, you know, you get a lot more caffeine. The um, <laughs> number one why, through 36. Why are you wearing that t-shirt? Right yeah, I've never I'm actually, I, this is how late I was. To, I'm actually still in my company uniform. I see that. It's unbelievable. Oh my God, you're in uni. I'm in uni. The um, <laughs> number five. Five. Like, what's your birthday? It's not my birthday. Nobody needs to know my <laughs> birthday. Oh, this is going to be a good one. Uh-oh. I think I know the answer for Camilla, but Tom, you're Uh-oh. answering first. Yes. When did you last sing to yourself <laughs> and the last time you sung to someone else? Both were today. Okay. Sang, sang to myself. Um, see, that would have been two, two o'clock. I guess mm-hmm. today, um, and I was singing. Uh, what was I? That is terrible. I can't think of what I was singing. Um, I think it was "Boomtown" by David and David. How does that one go? It's it's. I'm not going to sing it, dude. I I have the no. I really do have the words. The kid can sing. I'm just I, asking you how it goes. <laughs> it was written. It was written by David Berwald, who's so who's a great American. In fact, he wrote most of Sheryl Crow's first album. Oh, wow. And he, he was part of the Tuesday Night Music Club, and he was the main. He's a songwriter, and he's done. But David and David was two Davids. I don't even know the other David's name. They only did one album together. And it was called Boomtown, and Boomtown is a song. It, it's, you know, welcome to the Boomtown, and there's there's locks on the doors. There's bars on the windows. There's cocaine on the counter. It's, it's, it's about how the towns just fall apart as soon as they become famous. Oh. Huh. And it's kind of what's happening to Austin right now. It's happened to Portland. It's happened to San Francisco. It's happened to everywhere in every part of the country. And it's it's just a great song. But I was singing that today and then singing to somebody else yep. on the way here, saying American Pie to the kid. All right. You just sang Heroes. I did. I sang Heroes by David and David after that, actually. You're right. We're going to get the kid's answer here on the other side, and I'm going to have to think about the last song that I sang to myself and to somebody else right here on The Night Talker, Casual Friday with Tom and Camilla McKay. It's The Night Talker with Trey Elling. It's The Night Talker with Trey Elling. Final segment of a casual Friday here on the Night Talker. I am joined by Tom McKay, owner and operator of Audio Visual Consultations, avconsultations.com, 512-255-8678 for all those home theater needs, and his awesome daughter, Camilla. And we are going through uh, a few questions off of a list of questions that I'll tell everybody about here at the end. And question number two, after Tom answered and wouldn't sing some of it for me. I'm still a little bit butthurt by that. But the question is, when was the last time you sung to yourself and to someone else? Camilla? Um, the last time I sung to someone else was a group of 21, 9 to 12-year-olds um, because I was trying to get them to sing while dancing, to which one kid responded, how am I supposed to do that? And I said, you, you, ha- you, just, you just do it. You do, you do the move while you sing. And he said, how do I remember what to say? And I said, you, you memorize it. And, uh, yeah, it went like that. Anyways, the last time I sang to myself, though, 
It was probably while we were eating dinner. I was thinking about the nachos I was eating in my brain. Like I was like, <laughs> I was you're making up a song in your head. Yeah, ass. because there was too much like there were too many beans on it, so I'd have to like take off some of the beans and then try to keep the cheese on the top on it. And I was like scooping the beans, getting the beans, scoop the beans, like that the whole time. I just sing kind of whatever I'm doing all the time, though. Oh, you provide your own soundtrack. Yeah, and I sing to my dog all the time. I feel like she responds better to my singing. Her dog yeah. actually. My dog sings. Like, sings along. Yeah, if it's I sing wild. loud enough, my dog will be like, arr, 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 like with me. She'll try to match pitch. It's so cute. What kind of dog? She's a Scottish Terrier. So she has eyebrows and a mustache. She oh, looks like an old man. Very distinguished. Looks wise, plays dirty. Said it's a she? <laughs> yes. Does she read leather bound books? No. No, not yet. She We're sleeps working a lot. on it. She sleeps all the time. That's why we get along. This is the life of a dog. <laughs> Eat, sleep, and lick yourself. All right. The <laughs> last song that I sung to myself yeah. would have been in the cryo chamber yesterday. It would have been <laughs> LCD Sound System, New York, I Love You, But You're Bringing Me Down. Yes. It is a great song to sing to. And by the way, the family sometimes sings along to that song in the car. And speaking of, the last person that I sang a song to was my son this morning. He was in a bad mood which he's usually not in a bad mood he's usually our uh, our chipper little one where everybody else is grumpy first thing in the morning but everybody has their uh, their mornings where they're they're not feeling it so in an effort to try and uh cheer him up i say i, I make up songs for my kids all the time yes. this is one of those songs they're simple they don't they're not complex lyrically at all it's usually a handful of words and so this one was Monkey, monkey, monkey man, monkey, monkey, monkey man, monkey man, monkey man, monkey, monkey, monkey man. And there's a little dance that uh, that gets involved as well. And usually it cheers him up at least a little bit. (laughs) I love that. No, it always cheers kids up when I say like poopy pants and stuff. I don't know. Whenever you say weird things, they're always like, ha ha, why are you saying that? (laughs) I don't know, because it makes you laugh. Like, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the point. Like yeah. whenever your kids are upset or think that they're hurt, like yeah. sometimes you get them to laugh and you you make them realize they that forget. They're okay. They forget. That's what we do when kids are like, my tummy hurts. I'm like, okay, well, do this dance and then I'll check in about your tummy after. And then they do it and they forget that their tummy hurts. And I'm like, cool. Our tummy doesn't hurt anymore. <laughs> it's always a. It's weird. Never like had that. to do much cheering up with that one. She she was always uh, kind of stubborn and. St- strict with me so she always like we just we just had mental battles when she was a little kid i've always been a serious last very serious oh you've always been an old soul <laughs> i mean we had we had staring contests that lasted hours mm. with no speaking whatsoever really and oh just unbelievable whenever i'd be mad at her and i'd tell her she would she, she would just stop and stare mm. at me and we just that's fine we're gonna do this until it's time for bed and she would stare at me for hours and then she just my wife would come in and say, like, it's bedtime. And she'd go, good night. And she'd leave. Do you remember this? Yeah. Hmm. I'm How just good at you? being in silence. It was, like, first, third. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. No, she would. She was a... Because it was in Liberty Hill House. Because yeah. I remember I'd have school. Hmm. And, yeah. And I'd figure it up when it was still dark outside because we lived so far away. And whenever she would cry, I'd always just hold her right in front of my face and just cry right back at her as loud as I could. So she, I'd re- she'd realize how absolutely annoying that sounded. Hmm. And she'd quit crying. It's crazy. It worked. We had songs that we... So, unfortunately, now we're both cold, emotionless individuals who never cry. I cry more. I cry all the time. I think it's healthy. I love it when people cry. What was the last time you cried about? Um, The last time I cried was probably yesterday. 
I think I... <laughs> Thomas just laughing. I think I was laughing. I think it was from being happy, though. I think I... That's the thing, is once you start, mm. like, letting your emotions flow, you cry from, like, happiness, too. Like, yeah. today, I literally made the director of our show cry from giggles, and it was, like, the most wholesome moment ever. Um, but... Probably yesterday. I think I, something was funny. I was on FaceTime with my best friend because she's in Massachusetts actually right now um, mm. on like a family trip. And we were- Is your best friend, you go, go to school with her? No. She oh, that's just actually, random. No, she just got into Texas State. So mm. she's going there next year, upcoming year, San Marcos. <laughs> stop laughing, guys. That's so not nice. The, guys, uh, laughing stop. at my response. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, that's actually true. Like at movies, the the only time you cry is when it's like you're just so happy, and you right. just so you can like tear up. Yeah, and, except for one. There's one movie, the and if any, I saw you cry. Yeah. That if somebody doesn't cry and it's not a funny part at all, it's it's the saddest thing in the history of the world. Um, what? Brian's song mm. when Brian Piccolo's dying and Gail Sayers is talking to him in the bed in the hospital. If you don't cry at that, I'm sorry. I'm a cold person. I think. Yeah, and. If you don't cry there, you're you're dead. You're, I've never you're seen just, the movie before. You're just a dead soul. There's no chance you don't cry. Seriously, it's just it's that scene. You spoiled it for me though. I know what's going to happen. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Just like when I watch Field of Dreams and they're sitting on the stairs mm. and they realize that they both had the same dream and so he's going to have to go and find um I don't even know his name. That's sad. Uh but he has to go find the old dude and hey, take Bruce. him to the baseball game. And and so it's, and they both realize though at the same time that they had the same dream on the same night. I, I tear up. Every oh, you're talking about the James Earl Jones character? Yeah. Well, the husband and wife are sitting there and, and he's saying he has to go find James Earl Jones. Mm. And she's going, You can't. We're going to lose the farm and everything. And he goes, No. And he goes, I had a dream. And she goes, Were you at a ball game with him? And I'm, I just got goosebumps mm. thinking about what's going to. That's crazy. I, I did. It's. Mm. It's that I tear up every single time because two people that can have the same dream and remember it. I'm sorry. That's so special. So when when was the last time you cried then? Yeah. When was the last time you cried? Real cried. Sure. Shed a tear. Um, (laughs) No. um, Or real cried. This last, the last summer, (gasps) last summer at the very end of the summer, because this one does it to me. She's done it to mm-hmm. me three times now. And I'm a I'm a Wizard of Oz junkie. Everybody that knows me knows I love the Wizard of Oz, the oh, show man. Wicked as well. Just love everything so that about that play it. last summer was extra special. Well, for you, she though. did Somewhere Over the Rainbow years earlier in a review show. At the end of the show, she came out under a spotlight and they had her stand right in front of me in the audience. And I did it in a summer camp when I was yeah, like 13. And sang Somewhere Over the Rainbow yeah. and just bawled. I just bawled. It's mm-hmm. just, I mean, it's, that song gets me every... So this last year, opening night, she does Somewhere Over the Rainbow. And then closing night, she does Somewhere Over the Rainbow. And I'm like, kid, you're just mean. That's just mean mm-hmm. at some point. You know, just stop doing that song because you know I'm going to cry and everybody's going to laugh at me. In fact, the first time when she was like 13, she did it. And I remember vividly my wife leaning over and going... You're crying like can't say what she said. And and I said, yeah, I, duh, you know, it's, it's the song. And now it's my kid doing it. That's just wrong. You know, cut it out. And not just doing it, but doing it really well. She too. does. And she does. She, she sings incredibly well that song. And it's well, everything she sings. But that song really, really well. Do you have a favorite song to perform? To perform? Yeah. Um, I think all of my 
that I have performed. By by the way, real quick, need to let people know that you are. Yeah, uh, I'm you, a you're mus- an act. You're an actress in theater, and yes, d- a musical does that, does theater performer. Does that cover? Okay, musical theater. Performer, yeah, yeah, basically. You. No, no, no. That's cool. Um, yeah, definitely. My favorite that I've gotten to do has probably been. Hmm. I really enjoyed. I went to Oklahoma City and was at OCU for one summer, and we did a mm-hmm. musical called Urine Town, and it's about um everyone in the it's town about Portland. Close. It's about everyone in the town being paid to pee. Like, like you have to pay to use the toilet. And so, like, it's a, it's a joke on capitalism, but it's, like, in like it's the high class, low class. And so I was part of the villain group, which was, like, the lower class. And I was pregnant. And we ended up, like, kidnapping this girl. And I was, like, little Betty Two-Shoes. and But she's pregnant. And so we had this whole number where we were, like, holding her hostage and, like, running around. And just getting to go like full out because the circumstances of the show are just so crazy that the more full out you go, the more believable it is. And so getting to like just literally just sweat and like throw myself around was so fun out there. But that was really fun. Wow. Yeah. By the way, big, huge, fake pregnant belly on. It It was was the funniest thing. I looked so cool. I loved it. Oh, I bet. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I bet you struck the right tone in urine town, considering that you're a string bean with a giant basket or beach ball belly. <laughs> and I like pigtails up, and they were like all like what's it called? Like when they make it all poofy and gross and stuff, and like they knotted it and stuff. Oh, like, oh, I they, see what like, you're saying. It yeah. down, so it was like all yeah. poofy, and I was like, oof. it was cool. It was really fun. Okay, y'all. So we're actually almost out of time, and I have to tell you, I'm a little bit bummed because I bought you each a gift that is not here just yet. Amazon, by the way, stop telling people that what is being ordered is getting there in a day or two when it takes three or more days. It's BS, and we're not going to take it anymore. So I'm going to have to get you all that, those gifts at another time. She is Camilla McKay. He is Tom McKay. Thank you. Uh, Quit ordering from Amazon. It's killing America. Audio-visual consultations. I wish, but I needed it here fast, and it's not something I could oh, find. I'm talking to the general school. public. Everybody, quit ordering from Amazon. There you go. They have been nice enough to join me for a casual Friday here on the Night Talker. We'll be back on Monday. In the meantime, have yourselves a great weekend and sweet dreams. It's the Night Talker with Trey Ellings.